1: Passes from £89. Book yours now at the podcastshowlondon.com. E-L-C Yeah, there it is! When that robot voice pops in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we are so glad you have chosen to tune in to E.L.C. Woo! Especially if you're one of our geeks and sneaks. Using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Or hey, maybe you're recovering from superb owl weekend. Maybe you're uh, just trying to clean up the mess of all the wings and wing sauce. Whatever the case. We're going to be in your ear holes for 90-plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC Pod. They bring the show to you. Their generosity, their support, their belief in us makes this show possible, and we are so grateful. In exchange, our patrons get some cool stuff, including ad-free versions of the show, video versions of the show on demand, although this week uh, Discord was not cooperating, so it's not happening, and tons of bonus content. We got spoiler casts. We got uh, got an entire season of a show called Feeling This where Alex Solman and Christian Spicer talk about the feelings behind video games. Second season already being recorded, already on the way, plus you get... At the Cool Ranch tier, you get a new show every single Wednesday. This Wednesday, it's called Paid DLC, by the way. Uh, It is usually myself, Christian Spicer, and Lana Bashinsky joining us every single Wednesday. But this week was even more special because we had a fourth guest on. Danish Syed was there. Uh, He told us a goose story. It was amazing. And he also uh, detailed the efforts he made in recreating the Grail Diary from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You cannot miss this content, and it can all be yours by supporting the show at patreon.com slash Pod. But this show, the main show, DLC, it's the show all about games in their many forms, including games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, Slash co-host slash nemesis, the guy who offers a hearty congratulations to the fans of either Philadelphia or Kansas City. We don't know yet. We're we're, we're recording early. It's Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian.
2: Yeah, buddy. What a game! Woo! Wow! I could not win that one <laughs> moment. Incredible! Oh. Um. Unexpected that thing that happened. Unexpected. Speaking and the of unexpected, show, wow. Oh. Rih- rihanna 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 right rihanna. rihanna yes if tom holland when tom holland made that guest appearance during umbrella it brought me back to lip sync battles and i was in uh, euphoric bliss um real quick up top uh i finally got extra copies of my graphic novel consequences that successfully launched on kickstarter just to sell regularly and so i have those up on my site christianspicer.com slash store there's a limited amount um you can head over there buy one i will ship it right to you they are available right now as long as i have a stock on hand but i thought that was exciting that i got extra copies to sell out to folks My my
1: understanding is that you're you're offering a special buy one get one offer
2: yes exactly it is a you buy one you get that one. It's a BOGO. <laughs> buy one, get one. Um, it, it <laughs> that's the one you get. That's, that's the, the one you, you bought. I mean, sometimes you buy one and you get another one because I put one. I mean, they're all the same, but like <laughs> I have the one, and then I put the one. I buy one, accidentally get one. But they're, one. They're, all, they're all the same, but it might not be like the one, but it's the other one. But it's still <laughs> a good one. You got the other one.
1: Yeah. You yeah. bought one and you, you picked up one from a different pile and you got that one.
2: And you got that one, which is probably the best one.
1: <laughs> buy one, maybe get a different one.
2: Buy one. It's a we, buy one. It's a buy idiots. one. Is what it is. Yeah, I'm you, offering you a should buy one, one. sale. Yeah. I'm offering a buy one sale at christianspicer.com slash store, where you can buy one. Do. He knows what to do.
1: Hey, uh, like I said, we're, we're recording a little bit early this week to make room for us to go watch The Superb Owl. And uh, so, uh, you know, we're a little early. But we got a ton, a ton of stuff to talk about. It was Steam Next Fest week, which means I've played about a bazillion D games. Uh, And we got big news. It was a Nintendo Direct. Oh, we're going to get into all of it. And we have an awesome guest to do that with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But once again this week, I am so excited because DLC stands for driving lots of content because we have God tier streamer friend of the show and kansas city chief fan that's Tim trixler
0: frazier's back with us what's up trixler what's up jeff what's up spice man how are you guys it's been forever since i've been here but i always lurk in the shadows watching you guys doing your thing i support and love everything that you guys do especially with this show i love that you guys bring on lana all the time she's one of my uh favorite friends to get food with and so I'm excited to talk about one, the, the Super Owl, as you keep calling it, and uh, uh, video games. I mean, Nintendo lately, I've become a bit of a fanboy with that. So I'm kind of excited to dive into some of their stuff and get your guys' thoughts. Yeah, and it's going to be some
2: a... other owls, too, apparently. Ooh. Yeah, there's uh,
1: all kinds of owls in this episode. Uh, Tim, Yeah, I'm glad we're talking to you now, mm-hmm. because uh, in, in one day from now, Oh boy! Uh, you may not. You may not be as happy, or you may be so happy that you wouldn't even have time to talk to us because you'd be partying. Uh, are you, how do you feel about on this eve of the big game? How do you feel about your Kansas City Chiefs? chances
0: i'm excited uh injury report came in yesterday everyone's looking nice and healthy which was a bit of an issue for us the last couple of weeks especially with yeah. like mahomes's ankle etc so i been kind of keeping literally an eye on
1: that. all the wide receivers <laughs> dude all the
0: quarterbacks manly also just getting injured you are yeah. no uh shy person of that right with yeah, uh, the 49ers true. unfortunately uh, but i'm actually like kind of okay with Whoever wins this weekend. I know it's kind of weird to like be a fan of one team, but uh one the Kelsey bros, they do a podcast and they're really excited to watch, so I'll be happy for either of them. But also because the Chiefs got over their hump. They beat the Bengals last weekend, yeah. which has been a rivalry. It's been growing like crazy. And I actually had so much stress. I've never had stress about football or like external sports. For that week I couldn't sleep. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> and so them getting the win against the Super Bowl is huge for me. I'm happy either way. I
2: just hope it's a good game, really. Yes, so you're I hope gonna- so too. You're not going to go on Twitter and make a bold prediction about a quarterback proving all their doubters wrong. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> Wait, and then, what? And what? then, and then that the quarterback, quarterback in this sixth the play first... of the game hurts their elbow, and so well, it, I does a Jets. Make another prediction <laughs> that the backup quarterback is going to come in and make a. You, Just, you
0: guys should really use this power that you guys have in the DLC podcast and now
2: sports for good. Because I think you could really yeah. take it anywhere in the world power if you want to do destroy things by yeah. predicting
1: them. Yeah, tricks uh, tricks are we
2: can't. All we can do is occasionally get 50% of video game predictions mm-hmm. right. Um, and <laughs> even so if number stretch that by the definition way. as far as we can.
1: <laughs> Our Don't curses, sell it short. We only, it's good.
2: We only manifest bad things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a monkey paw situation. Anyhow. <laughs> Uh let's uh, let's jump in and start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the week it's the story of the week. Story of the week is the story week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to feedback at gmail.com. You can also send comments or questions or really anything you'd like us to know. We love hearing from you, feedback at gmail.com. Or, and also, why not hang out with our communities? Two places you can do that. One is our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. The other is our Discord, which is also 5x5dlc on Discord. Great folks hanging out, talking games and all sorts of other stuff. Give it a shot. Check it out. Hang out. Be one of them. But Trixler, you are our guest. So you've got first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week?
0: I thought the Nintendo Direct coming out this week came out with some pretty big hitters. Uh, yeah. You know, I, th- I know there's some games that people are waiting out for, but I think that's like the, the curse of Nintendo succeeding. Is they just have so many IPs that so many people want to play. Uh, but for me, it was actually, uh, if we go to a sub story of that big story, was Kirby and the Forgotten Land DLC. I don't know if you guys played this game last year. Well, Christian uh, raved about it, and I still oh haven't, my haven't made time for it. Yeah. It's incredible. It's such a great game. The presentation is wonderful. There's some like moments where you can tell the Nintendo Switch is kind of aging a bit when it like pans out and there's mm-hmm. FPS issues, but still, beautiful game. The combat is clean. I- I've never been like a massive Kirby fan until I played this game. And now with them talking about DLC coming, I'm pumped for more Kirby and I hope they go hard in this IP. I really do.
1: Yeah, uh, Kirby, I love the Kirby franchise in that it, every game seems to be wildly different than the previous one and I like sure. I love that. I love the experimentation that they do with Kirby and and I've had some real uh, you know Canvas Curse is still one of my favorite all-time uh DS games. And uh, uh you know, I I really got to make time for that game, but that's really cool that uh you've become such a fan of the Kirby franchise and and seeing the DLC um bit, uh, uh, you know, also a great poll from this this nintendo direct because this was jam-packed with stuff i mean we've seen nintendo do these directs that are very focused like it's just the pokemon direct or it's just the uh uh super smash brothers direct or whatever it is um they'll you know do a hyper focused one or two games this was not that this was drinking from the fire hose this was tons of stuff over uh, almost an hour long direct and as you said it did have some heavy hitters it did have some stuff That people have been anticipating for quite a while. You know, we've all predicted and heard rumors about uh, a Metroid Prime remaster. Yeah. Not only was that announced, but it was dropped
0: same day. That's pretty cool. Can I say, like, I love that that's happening more and I want to happen more. I've become a little bit jaded and cynical lately when it comes to, like, releasing games and announcing games. And then they come out a year later and then they announce a couple of delays. I'm like, OK, maybe this is becoming more of like a marketing tactic more than, like, authentically trying to make sure it does have time. And I prefer just games being dropped on us like Metroid Prime, Hi-Fi, uh, Rush lately. I, I want to see more of this. And yeah. it's great that they did that.
1: I agree with you. I think it's it's a very fun feeling when that happens, especially mm-hmm. with something like Hi-Fi Rush, where you're like, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah. With Metroid Prime Remastered, it's more baffling to me in that everybody has been clamoring for information about this. And it seems like they could have very easily said, hey, this is coming. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. It does feel cool when it's like the first time they officially confirm it is the same day that you can play it. That is cool. And we'll get more into Metroid Prime, Prime Remastered in the playlist because I know Christian's been putting some time into it. Good. Uh, I want to hear about it. We also got uh, a new trailer for uh Tears of the Kingdom, the new Zelda game, uh confirmation of its price point, 70 bucks. I'm curious what your thoughts about that are, Trixler. May 12th, I, 70 bucks.
0: I um I'm kind of in the middle on this because I like to try to look at like both ends of the spectrums when it comes to arguments. And uh, on one hand, you want to be consumer-friendly and make sure people can purchase their games. On the other hand, like, games are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's more people on these games. And with, uh, with companies like Nintendo that give you big, massive single-player experiences, I don't mind a price hike, especially if the game is worth it. And we know Breath of the Wild was incredible for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and they were super into it. And if they feel like this is a worthy successor... The increase while expensive i i'm I'm kind of all right with it. that's what you were you were or, or alluding to with your point is, yeah, do I hate this price increase? I'm kind of in the middle, I kind of get it, I see both sides, and I just kind of feel like with the world as it is, we keep having prices increase everywhere, right, so it's going to happen in gaming too
1: yeah, you know it's it's never you never go oh, I'm super happy about p- spending more yeah. money uh, you know it's always a hard pill to swallow um mm-hmm. and and Christian, I know you and I were kind of texting about this a little bit uh. We we were told that the new generation of games were going to be standard seventy bucks, and we've seen some of that. Uh, it feels like that's an easier demarcation line to say, "Hey, we got a new console generation. Now is the time." But you know, obviously, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom is coming out on the same old generation it's been on for what are we in like five or six years now? So it seems weird. Obviously, this game is huge. They could charge whatever they want for it, and yeah. people would still pay it. But Christian, what do you uh, what do you make of the seventy bucks for Zelda?
2: Yeah, the last time we did a, a price increase, it was also generational, right? From the standard forty nine ninety nine to then fifty nine ninety nine, and now sixty nine ninety nine uh, in the U.S. And I do think that generational leap is easier to swallow. Uh, you know, however, it's justified. Oh, HD text- textures—we've moved to HD now, or our games are way larger than they used to be, and that, this, that, and the other. And Nintendo has also come out and said that this new price point isn't standard for their first-party games. Like, this is a, a one-off thing. And I think this news kind of coming the sa- around the same time that AMC Theaters has announced variable pricing for movie theater seats, too, where it's like, better seats are more expensive. Worse seats, while well, still good, they say. Like, <laughs> the bad seats, I mean, the less good, still good seats are cheaper. Um, you know, we've certainly seen variable pricing in a lot Wait, of things Wait, is that before. real? It yeah, is real. yeah. They're what? rolling it
1: out in a, they're rolling out in a few yes. select cities right now. But
2: who yeah, do I fight that big man? <laughs> <angry. laughs> well, they've already they've walked that back too. Originally, it was like we're doing this everywhere, and people were like, "What?" And they were like, yeah. "By everywhere, we mean four cities, and maybe not." Um, but I mean, you see that at concerts or sporting and stadiums events. and stuff. Yeah, but that's um, forty thousand versus two hundred. Okay, anyway, and it's also. Wanna... It's I'm also I'm just trying to set the stage. I agree. Okay, it's also okay, a okay. terrible <laughs>
1: experience buying tickets to a concert. It's a terrible experience. Right. Yes. No yeah. one likes that. It's like, hey, let's be more like Ticketmaster because everyone loves
3: Ticketmaster. No, you. Or an airplane Pass.
2: where it's like, my family of yeah. four. Well, two of my kids are I – th- I think it was in the State of the Union where uh, Biden called – said that airlines treat kids as luggage, which I think is very funny, uh, <laughs> wherever that quote came from. Because it's like sometimes you will. You'll buy a ticket for a flight and it's like – well, these are the cheap ones. I guess we aren't sitting together. Then you get there, and it's like, I have a five-year-old. Am I going to sit with them? And they're like, No. And I'm like, oh, Okay, uh, sorry, uh, random person. Uh, I wish hope they would treat snacks. my kids.
1: I wish they would treat my kids as luggage, so I could check them at the.
2: <laughs> Can I get here? No. Then Just you have to bring them. These in the... to, when, when they're, when they're them. <laughs> luggage or cargo. You have to bring them across a dangerous country. So that's a different. Uh, no. That's a different. Mm. Everything to experience. declare, children. <laughs> <laughs> So I to some extent, um yes, this bothers me and it bothers me on all levels, right? It it kind of runs me the wrong way that it's a a, a mid-gen or you know current still same gen price increase. And it also kind of bothers me of Nintendo kind of saying, like, no, we think people will pay this for this, which like I get. That's how capitalism works, but it doesn't yeah. make me feel good. It doesn't sure. make me feel good to to you know have them say because this is popular we're going to charge more for it just because we can like, and again, I'm not a business, but as a consumer of stuff that, that isn't a good feeling. And movies also did that with, um, I think it was the Batman theaters charged more for than like, you know, uh, the other random movies that were in theaters that week. And I don't know. I just never feel
3: good.
2: (laughs) It never feels good to kind of cross shop things like that and see that very vari- variability in the pricing um and it, it yeah i don't know i i'm not a fan uh but the problem is it's a nintendo game so it will never go on sales so. yeah that's the other part it's <laughs> the like they part. do
0: not bring their prices down in any way shape or form and it's frustrating trying to buy super mario 64 and it's still like 50 bucks like, <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah
1: yeah 4 years after the you know i'm, I'm just buying uh, you know S- smash brothers for my kid and I'm like yeah, can't mm-hmm. get, can't give me a discount dude Which yeah, I guess yeah, is a testament
2: yeah i guess a testament to yeah price it more. i mean they clearly know what they're doing and i'm not saying it's wrong but it doesn't feel good that's a, true
1: well to you know to trickster's point it is it, 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 the one thing you can rest assured of with the zelda game is there's probably going to be tons of content yeah, you know you're you're, you're going to you get your it. money's worth i think but you're right it doesn't it feels weird it feels like oh just this one game that everybody wants will price higher it just feels like oh come
0: on i have Dana. a question for you guys uh, cuz like as a streamer i come in from a different point of view of like i'm going to buy it no matter what it's going to become an expense because i'm going to be spending hours on it or whatever and i kind of like when these games are kind of expensive people will come in like is it worth my money i like being mm. able to kind of give that down does it make you want to watch a game more when it comes out like do you want to see a first couple of hours um before buying it because it goes up in price or is it kind of like whatever you guys are gonna play no matter what
1: it's a good question i i i'm more curious what our audience would say to that because i think i'm i'm a little bit more in your boat of yeah i feel like i need to have an opinion on the thing uh, right when it comes out um and uh you know i i i I have a hard time putting myself in the mindset of i'll watch and, and learn early because I want to be the person that's, you know, has the opinion right away and maybe that's not healthy and probably not good for my pocketbook, but that's kind of where I always have been. Christian, For
2: for something that I'm not like clamoring to cover price definitely has an impact on whether or not I purchase it or wait for a sale or wait for, um, you know, game pass or some subscription service to pick it up. Um, but I'm I will usually look for um articles detailing experiences versus watching video. Like I was never and I know it's funny and not this week we're not doing the video, but I was never big on the pivot to video kind of person and consuming my media. Um I enjoy written prose as yeah you're discuss. you're a writer you want to read stuff and get in the the deep thoughts right that's well and that's also it's thing? my way to if i if i'm in front of a screen where i could be watching something i'd i'm probably playing something sure that's <laughs> so you want
1: to be reading while you're playing so
2: I, want to, <laughs> I want to be reading when i can't be playing you know don't just drive everywhere so yeah, yeah. Well, that's true too <laughs> um yeah, so you know, I'm curious
1: what the audience w- says about the $70. If it's if it's tougher to to, I mean, obviously, no one's going to be like, "I love it." You know, there's no that's just not uh, a reaction anybody would have. But uh, it's interesting if, if that would cause you to be less likely to jump on uh, it day one. But uh, another great point you made, uh, Trixler, is you know I, when I when I was thinking about uh, jumping onto Forspoken, yeah, I was going to wait on that game because I was certain that game would come down in price in mere weeks, right? It will, it will, yeah. It absolutely will. It will. But Zelda, as you pointed out, will not. So it is, it's not one of those, where we can be like, well, I'll just wait for the sale. It's probably not going to have a sale. Probably not going to have a sale. So that's also a bummer. It's a bummer. Uh, but lots of other stuff in the direct. We got uh, Pikmin 4, uh video we got a confirmation that game boy games are coming to switch online tetris super mario land 2 six golden coins the legend of zelda links awakening Um, tons of games
0: i'm interested to hear your thoughts from both of you guys actually on this both pikmin 4 and the game boy stuff first off pikmin 4 have you guys played any of them
1: yeah i mean i played the early pikmin games i was never never fell in love with that franchise myself yeah
0: it's an interesting franchise because, like, it's it's an RTS on a, on a, a Nintendo console in its own way, uh, mm-hmm. but like, it kind of just pulls you in, it's super cozy. But I feel like if you've played one Pikmin. You've played them all. They add like one or two different. This mechanics. one has a d- doggy. It does have a doggy, and I was looking, and I was like, it looks like Pitman Three, <laughs> and it still <laughs> looks like Pitman Three with a doggy. <laughs> yeah, uh, which uh, which is interesting to me. So, like, I understand people are into it, but like, I I want I want to know from Pitman fans, if possible, maybe your viewers, you have a few. Um, that really enjoyed the series. Like, what is so exciting about Pikmin that keeps pulling people back? Because I think it's cute, but like, other than that, like, it doesn't really jump on the page for me.
1: Well, people have certainly taken the Pikmin control scheme sort of template sure. and, and applied it, you know, see a lot of indie games that kind of use Pikmin-esque mechanics. Um, so there's some there. People dig it. I, I just, it's never been my jam in particular, but, you know, people like little adorable things and there's yeah. mo- even more adorable stuff. There's adorable dog now super cozy yeah uh christian christian is there anything else in the uh direct other than the super big stuff that jumped out at you uh
2: splatoon 3 i think the splatoon 3 expansion pass looks very cool and interesting I'm, i'm a big fan of that game i praised it a bunch last year the biggest thing though other than what we've already talked about um, is uh, Disney Illusion Island. It's exclusive <sighs> to a Nintendo platform, and it looks to have this beautiful mix of like Rayman Legends and Celeste. You know, there are moments in it where they kind of go into these bubbles, um, like gravitational shift areas and stuff like that and dashing through them, and it gave me strong Celeste vibes. That game looks awesome, and I think the four-player co-op part could look cool. I love that new... Um, cartoon mickey mouse art style that disney's been using it reminded um, me of
0: Ren and stimpy a lot
2: actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. way it does have that kind of vibe to it i yeah. i really love those cartoons and um i think this game could be a, a sleeper hit it comes out in the summer and i think a lot of people might uh might really find their way into it i hope it has like some accessibility options or you know walks that difficulty line but i'm guessing it will but i um i'm craving that kind of 2d platformer again and i think it's going to scratch that itch
1: yeah july twenty eighth is when disney illusion island uh is going to release and and across this entire direct it was all like april june july you know it was all sort of yeah. first half of the year stuff and there's a lot of stuff um either of this you guys year. what's
0: that? Just this year in general, like, Nintendo's yeah. bringing in their in games. Sony's looking really good, too. Like, I feel like it's going to be a great year to have a buffet of games, just in general, compared to last year. For
1: sure. Um Either of you guys uh interested in that Bayonetta Origins game, uh, Cereza and the Lost Demon? Very different take on Bayonetta, kind of a top-down, yeah. isometric, like, story it's game. It's in
2: Bayonetta 3 a little bit, Um, mm. and I'm sure it will appeal to a lot of people, but that is not what I come to Bayonetta for okay for me yeah, personally
0: i look at it as one of those games that's going to release and while no one's going to it's going to not really be on people's radar except for like the true hardcore Bayonetta fans that want to go hard in the lore i think it's gonna be one of those games that comes out and people are like wow this is great and just kind of just like be on the surface of something people want to enjoy because it looks it looks fun it's just yeah it doesn't appeal to me when i play bayonetta i want action set pieces i want that mm. hardcore aggression combos that you're playing like crazy um but you know i'm glad it exists for those that want more bayonetta lore
1: Uh, Just to round out some of the bigger news, uh, a new Tron game uh, that's going to be a Tron identity, a new puzzle adventure. uh, Pretty cool. A new Professor Layton game is coming. uh, Professor Layton in the new world of Steam and a new Samba de Amigo, uh, which is going to be using the uh, Joy-Cons as the Sambas. You'll shake the Joy-Cons. I love how it says, you'll shake them gently. (laughs)
0: It's a a maraca. You go in.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Calm down, kid. Calm down. Stop shaking I think it's that looks violent, fun. Like.
0: like, that looks really enjoyable.
1: Yeah, those old Samba de Amigo games were, were fun. And and uh, this one is going to have uh, online uh, play where you can get on and compete with people and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, Nintendo, I think for as much as, Christian, you and I at the end of last year were kind of looking at Nintendo Slate and going, where's the beef? <laughs> you know, what, what, what's, what are they going to have other than Zelda? Uh, it looks like uh, the first half of the year is pretty packed and we don't even know what the second half of the year is going to bring.
2: I'm hopeful uh, for some Mario only because I predicted it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. <laughs> but yeah, that back uh, half is a big old question mark right now, but the front half is stacked. Yeah. Do you think there's, they'll put out a new Mario anytime
0: soon or do you think they're waiting for the next uh the next hardware? I think I they're hope due so, so for just so one, I'm one, right. But... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christian just wants
1: to be right. He doesn't care right <laughs> uh, I, would, I, yeah, I
0: agree. I want one. Yeah.
1: I think uh, I think we're due for one. I think it's uh, it's about time. But yeah, I mean if, if if there's new hardware coming, maybe they will hold it for that, who knows. Um also a, a new game from Don't Nod, the, the folks behind uh, Life is Strange, Harmony Fall of Reverie was announced, June game. Uh, so I, I thought a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid direct. Uh, we'll just end, Trixler, with the, you, you, what did you think of the Zelda um, cinematic, they, well, the, the, the trailer that they showed?
0: I think it looks fascinating. I have a complicated history with Zelda. (laughs) So my dad played it when I was a kid, the uh, Super Nintendo 1, Link to the Past, which is acclaimed by everybody. And uh, I went to play it when I was a kid, and I accidentally deleted his save file. So I wasn't allowed (laughs) to play Zelda, and Zelda has always just been been empty for me. Um, I finally played my first Zelda last year, uh, but it wasn't like the traditional Zelda. It was uh, Link's Awakening which I believe isn't like well, really like a, a Zelda Zelda game to some people, but I enjoyed what it gave. And so now that this new trailer's come out, and it looks exciting, it looks hype, and I love open world games, it's just that when Breath of the Wild came out, Horizon came out, and I got lost in that game. Mm, um, yeah. So I need, I need to sit down and play these Zeldas because I hear they're fantastic. Um, I, I think I'm going to do it next month. I'm going to well, play it got, and then and, and got, try, check it out. You've got scars. You've got you've got Yeah, Zelda I've got scars, scars when it comes to Zelda. And then everyone's like yelling in my face. They're like, You need to play a Zelda. They're the best games. They're, They're just like, show it to
1: my dad.
0: <laughs> and then I just have a flashback to my dad saying, You can't play a Super Nintendo for two weeks, you're grounded. <laughs> you know? So That's I'm hilarious. gonna get I'm gonna get through that pain and uh, check out these Zeldas.
1: Oh man. Christian, I know you have strong feelings
2: about the trailer.
3: <sighs>
2: oh no. <laughs> <laughs> private techs. Private yeah. techs. Um, I, I think a lot... Well, one, there are very few companies that make a trailer as good as a Nintendo. Um, even Pikmin 4, which I'm not incredibly excited for. It's not a for-me game. It was a fantastic trailer, I thought. It was cute. Um, yeah, it showed off what I think the game will likely be. And I think the same is true for Tears of the Kingdom. It was a fantastic trailer. What rubbed me the wrong way, or I guess, didn't get me excited were all these like wonky vehicles that i'm assuming are doubling down on kind of the physics based you know mayhem that people did in the first one we're like in in, in breath of the wild you you know would create a raft and little things just that and the other and then yeah, you put the little
1: kept, b- the balloon thingies and make yeah. the raft float you across the land and stuff yeah
2: and then what some folks did is they kept tinkering it when it was like truly incredible the, the you know contraptions they built uh in in that limited tool set and i feel like nintendo is like oh we're going to give you more tools and see what you unlock um maybe the game justifies them but to me they just looked weirdly out of place on this landscape where there's like a shot of link riding beautifully you know on horseback through beautiful countryside and it's like majestic in what i picture and then there's a shot of link like standing atop a hummer you know (laughs) (laughs) jalopy like hopping across the link. (laughs) <laughs> and like the sky one looked a little less out of place to me but even that i think you know looked a little out of place from what i think the world looks like of these castles and these ruins and this you know uh fantasy style thing and then links like <laughs> a little clown car i, I do think, i'm sure people will will have a lot of fun tinkering with it and i will watch uh, a, a gif of somebody's contraption and be like holy crap yeah you i do away. think you're right
1: i think I, that's what kind of what we were uh speculating uh via text is, is I, th- I think it is a uh i think probably those are cobbled together from different parts that you can stick together that flying one in particular looked like it had some kind of goo that connected the little uh propellers to each of the edges of the of the platform that he's standing on i don't know that to be true but it 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 does seem like the next logical progression for what people were already doing—the sort of emergent world stuff in Breath of the Wild, where you could, you know, use the combine the powers in various ways to do things that the game never thought you could. Uh, it feels like maybe they'll just really blow the doors off and it'll give you pieces and bits and parts that let you make really cool stuff. I think that would be pretty neat, but uh, we'll see how it all plays. It, it, it does. It does look a little bit like that Banjo Kazooie game. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Anyway. All right. Well, there's the Nintendo direct. I, you know, major part of our week, but Christian, I'm wondering uh, other than that, what was your story of the week?
2: Yeah. The Nintendo Direct was definitely the biggest story for me. Um, The other thing I want to spend a little bit of time on is just uh, the, the buffet where they keep adding new courses very slowly to this Microsoft ABK Uh, merger. It's like you're at the uh, uh, Bellagio and you get there right as breakfast ends and before lunch starts. So you only pay the breakfast buffet pricing, but they know that you're waiting for them to transition to lunch. They take a long time to do it because they don't want you to get two meals for the price of the breakfast buffet, hypothetically. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful metaphor. I got the whole picture in my head. Thank Certainly, you. Are uh, you a writer, sir? Do you write you, things? You, uh, unfortunately, there was no video version because I did prepare a whole <laughs> montage to play under me when I talked there. But uh, you will never get to see it. I'll, I'll DM it to you, Trix. <laughs> Thank you. I, would, I need um, that. But we just keep getting new juicy information about this merger as it seems to be going uh, ahead. But the first bit of stuff we got this past week is from the UK Competition and Markets Authority. They released their provisional findings. um, And then we had uh, Michael Packner and Nick McKay come out and say like, hey, we read this stuff and and we think it's still going to happen. They've offered remedies to Microsoft how to try to fix these things. And it all seems like... Something will be like they're giving Microsoft an olive branch where Microsoft can do one of them and say, like, we did the thing you asked. And they'll be like, yes, you did. <laughs> <And then laughs> everyone will kind of kind of, yeah, kind of move on. Whereas the U.S. government hasn't released as well as this recording has not released their kind of list of remedies or, or what they're seeking um, so it seems like folks are still thinking that this is going to go forward, but my favorite part is like one of the remedies that they were like, there's no way what happened that they kind of suggested is that call of duty could be available on competing cloud gaming services. We've talked about how Microsoft has been very open to being like, uh, uh, the, the switch gets it for 10 years. Uh, 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 the, ooh, you can have it for five years. <laughs> you get, <laughs> you get, a, a, call you have
1: get a call of duty. Everybody gets a call of duty.
2: Yeah, but it was interesting to see Packner and McKay kind of say that putting it on other cloud services is perhaps uh, going uh, too far, which I think maybe highlights, you know, Microsoft's big continued next push of of how you can play and experience these games. I mean, they did it with the partnership with Epic and Fortnite, where after that, you know, whole battle with Apple and it came off app stores, Microsoft, I think very smartly, um partnered with them to make fortnite available via x with just a microsoft account you know free you didn't need to have game pass ultimate or anything if you had a microsoft account you could just go in and play and you could play via touch and i could see a world where call of duty is that for them also in a very big way and sure you can play it on switch you can play it here but also you know as uh, blizzard told all of us five years ago you all have phones don't you um <laughs> And that could be a big avenue for them. So I thought it was interesting to see some prominent analysts kind of lay that out um, uh, as a as a bridge too far. They also said they expect to see the acquisition close no later than mid-May. That's so soon. That,
3: yeah, yeah, very soon. I thought
2: that was fascinating. Then the second part that I'll set up, and then trickster. I'm curious your thoughts on this, and if you find it as amusing as the Bellagio bringing out pizza at 1230 when they've had pasta out since 11. Um, <laughs> is is the kind of tit for tat that microsoft and sony are doing we're here in the u.s um cases microsoft sent essentially a request for documents from sony that are um uh, probably justified in my ex-lawyer opinion but also seem very petty where it's like we want all this information on these seven ceos and we (laughs) we want documents going back for years and sony has now rejected those requests and straight out called it out and said said that like this is a high volume of documents and you're just you're just trying to be burdensome all you're trying to do is harass us and microsoft is like i don't know you didn't give us the documents and it's just fascinating to me to see like high level ceos of you know billion dollar companies acting like my fourth grader on the playground (laughs) (laughs) and I, i love it
0: Here's the funny part. I had no idea any of this has happened. But now that you have laid it all out for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is petty. I kind of want to watch all of that. <laughs> <laughs> my whole like thoughts about the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, um, I guess, <laughs> cooperation and trying to join up together. I just like, I'm like, whatever, man. Just give me more video games and revive Heroes of Storm. That's where my entire <laughs> brain has been. <laughs> but like... I didn't realize it had gotten this petty to this amount of a wire. That is wild. And this is all, like, public information stuff?
2: I can't believe I missed all of that. Thank you for the the update. (laughs) What's the thing? It's not super sexy as presented, but then you get super sexy stuff that sometimes will make the big headlines. Where I think, Jeff, was it, like – I think someone said that, like – I think it was Sony that said, like, our games suck. Without Call of Duty, we have nothing. Like, I'm paraphrasing, but it was, like – Look at our crappy game. This game only sold this. And it's like, Oh wow. No, they They basically basically like threw
1: Battlefield under the bus. Like
2: all we've got is Battlefield. It's garbage. That's right. That's right.
1: If if, if Call of Duty becomes exclusive, what are we going to do? Battlefield's garbage.
2: (laughs) So yeah, it's like we get stuff like that that comes out of it. And if this information from folks like Jim Ryan, who I do believe is an appropriate custodian of documents If their company is making this claim that this merger would be detrimental to, you know, their business. But, you know, even in my limited experience, never in a a case of this magnitude, there's always like this broad blanket request for any document that might be viable. And then it's like, okay, well, here's 20 terabytes of data. Have fun. And you're like, oh God, we asked for too (laughs) much. Yeah. But everything goes slow.
1: That's why everything is slow. Yes, that's why it's been shocking up. to me. That they're like mid-May; should be all fine.
2: That's why, why me, I wonder if it's just so much that everybody's going to be like, "I guess Battlefield's good enough." <laughs> <laughs> well, Christian,
1: you, you know, you 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 actually went to law school uh, as opposed to me, uh, who uh, just watched Law and Order uh, during that same. What period about of time. Legally that Blonde? That counts for did me. Watch, yeah. Did you watch Legally
2: Blonde? No, never seen Legally Blonde. That's how little. Really? I Really. Oh
1: my, I've that's literally a good never seen,
2: literally, It's before. so good. Don't watch two. One's fantastic. <laughs> <All
1: right. laughs>
2: Don't watch two.
1: I just watched all of the Magic Mike movies this week. So Those
2: are actually so good, too. I
1: think the second one is good. The second, second one's way one. better.
2: First
0: one was like a indie development the film. One,
2: the first one is very dark. And it's like, yeah, this is fun. Jeff, yeah. Jeff prefers his men oiled, is what we just learned. The second the one is <laughs> actually legitimately fun yeah um, it's enjoyable anyway
1: i don't know how we got started about ma- magic mike you uh, brought it up the magic yeah, mike you brought, of you, you law you of lawyering. It. <laughs> i uh I, i'm viewing all this at this point I, I i was super invested in this story for for a few months and now i feel like this is all the sturm and drang that's gonna mean nothing this is the this is the sound and fury signifying nothing because it's like, oh, oh, it's going to be all fine by mid-May. It's like, well, then what, what, what's the point? It's just, it's nonsense. And it's all going to be closed by mid-May. At that point, we'll figure out what Microsoft had to concede in order to make it happen. And it, this is the yada, yada, yada that gets to us having an actual merger happen. And it feels like at this point, it's like, well, okay. Okay. This is what needs I, to happen. I, Let it happen.
2: Yes, I think you're you're right. Uh, hypothetically, and I think that's part of what drove me away from my practice of law in general was that like, why can't people just get together? Because even in the litig I was a litigator. The litigations I would do would be like, I, I see what's going to happen here. I see the settlement, but it's like you do this and we do this, and you do right. this and you do this, and then I object to that, and you know that that was a bridge too far, and then you and then it's like at the end we're like, here's a hundred dollars, you know, whatever. <laughs> Sounds right. like an extreme. Right lesson in patience that doesn't sound fun at all well
1: that's what lawyering <laughs> is it's all these details that ultimately it's like Bleh. Oh, Bleh. I don't know they never did this in law and order it just went bong bong and then it was over i was done <laughs>
2: i had a little button <laughs> in my desk and a little sound cue you know someone walk in i'd be like bum bum and they'd have to leave that's just can how we how just works. get to the order <laughs> part
1: please we did, law is only supposed to be a half an hour we got like the second half an hour is the order
2: anyway <laughs> Uh, Uh, I I think the reason this stuff is prolonged is, yes, just things take a long time. But also, I do think there is something about, as I'm reading uh, a couple of books about corporate espionage, because I find that fascinating, about bringing other rivals' companies' documents out in public light when you're given that opportunity. And I think it's like, oh, you're going to object to this? Well, then we are going to get as much of your information out publicly as we can – because we want to, you know, hang your dirty laundry out to dry. Right. And I also think part of it is setting the stage for what might happen next. I don't, I I love, I love Sony's games. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, I get not this episode <laughs> later. Um, and, and I talked about it last year about like just the, the games that they released last year easily could have been my five favorite games. Like they had a credible 2022. I think they're going to have a credible 2023 as well. But they do not have the financial reserves that Microsoft does. And I think if Sony doesn't kind of start setting the stage for where this line should be drawn, and with perhaps a more friendly FTC in terms of uh, monopoly and trying to break those things up, then I think they could envision a future where they get steamrolled entirely. And I think that's kind of what's at stake for them right now, in addition to trying to get as many concessions as they can, because you know none of this lawyering is cheap yeah.
1: no it's great I'm glad you, it's so big i'm glad you keep bringing it up uh because uh it, it is fascinating it is fascinating yeah. but i, I it, it's weird to me that we keep hearing all these stumbling blocks and oh no this and that and then it's all, always at the end it's like but it should all still be fine by mid-may it's well
2: that's like, why i yeah. thought pachner and mckay's comment to me seemed the most enlightened because usually it's it's like phil spencer saying that and i'm like yeah. you're saying that like you know, I'm saying we're gonna win it all this year at yeah. preseason. You're you know? invested. Yeah, you
1: you are a uh you know, non-impartial party. Pactor and these webbush analysts are definitely uh outside observers. So um we don't need to spend a lot of time on my story of the week. I, I think uh obviously the Nintendo Direct was the big story, but I I just wanna take two seconds and give high fives to Nintendo also this week because uh in a in a corporate environment where uh, everybody's doing layoffs and and Mm -hmm. rollbacks and, uh, you know, squeezing the little guy, closing studios and contracting, Nintendo has announced plans to raise employees' pay by 10%, despite the fact that it also has a lowered financial forecast. So Reuters is reporting that uh, Nintendo's like, hey, you know, everything's hard right now. Uh, Let's give people a little extra money, uh, which is a nice thing to see. High five to Nintendo. I wish this was uh, not just a sort of Japanese cultural, uh, something the Japanese government uh, is kind of advising to companies right now. I wish the American government uh, was a little less awful. And would do What a world that would be. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) That would be so Fine, I'll
2: pay $70 for Tears of the Kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? It means
1: people get 10% more in their pocket. I think that's pretty good. But yeah, yeah, take care of people. Maybe that's why they're allowed to do that. Maybe that's why. You know, that's a that's a good good point. All right. Um let us move on now, uh, because we got a lot of games to get through. Let's talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call the playlist. Okay, before we get into the playlist this week, I want to talk briefly about the controversy surrounding Hogwarts Legacy, a game that I was given an early review code for, and I have played quite a bit in preparation for this week's episode. Uh, And I wrote this, I don't usually write up what I want to say uh, in the episode but this week, oh, I we wrote... can
2: tell Jeff. <laughs> yeah. We...
1: <laughs> yeah, I just wrote, I wrote I wrote this up because I wanted to get it right, and I really had some things I wanted to say about it because we are going to talk about Hogwarts Legacy. So <clears throat> this is what I wrote. Uh, the first thing I want to make clear is that I believe trans rights are human rights. There is no ambiguity for me. I support the trans community's goal of equality and protection under the law unequivocally. Anyone who has listened to this podcast for any length of time knows that we have welcomed many trans guests to the show, and I will work very hard to make sure that continues. Diversity of perspective and opinion is a big part of what makes this show what it is, and I'm proud that so many different people from so many different parts of gaming culture have shared their voices with us over the years. I have also read a lot about what has been written in the trans community, about how truly hurtful J.K. Rowling's public stance is, how her words have been used to justify hate and violence. No one should ever be attacked for simply existing. And I can certainly understand the desire to prevent more royalty checks from going to someone who seems to be leading the charge of intolerance or sales numbers from serving as a tacit endorsement of her views. But I also think that video games are art, and art can be judged on its own merits. In this case, particularly a work of art that Rowling had so little to do with. Is it true that this very rich woman is likely to get marginally richer if this game is a huge success? Probably. Will she be hurt or chastened in any significant way if it's a failure? Probably not. So, rather than looking at playing or discussing this video game as a symbol of support or rejection of what she stands for, I'd rather look at what the game itself, what the work of art that she clearly had almost no part in actually making itself is trying to stand for. And here is where I'm heartened. Here is where I believe talking about the game on this podcast is justified. Because Hogwarts Legacy, the video game, so far as I've played it, seems to want to be about the exact opposite of intolerance. This is one of the most inclusive, diverse, and emotionally intelligent AAA games that I've played. Now, granted, we're still talking about a game where you blast goblins with magic spells, but insofar as it's possible to create an experience where you do that, and are also a kind, empathetic, thoughtful person, Hogwarts Legacy is doing it. I look at this game as a repudiation of J.K. Rowling, not a celebration of her. This is a game obsessed with being decent and considerate of others, regardless of who they are. There are quests where you literally just help someone feel better about themselves, help them be accepted for being different. The game is filled with such a variety of different kinds of people from different backgrounds, the central theme of which seems to be joy in learning about them in being open to their lived experiences. And yes, there's even a trans character in the game, which some have viewed as tokenism, but I can't help but see as a massive middle finger to Rowling, an assertion that she no longer holds any ownership over this fictional universe or this fandom. Listen, I've never even really liked Harry Potter. I read all the books back in the early 2000s, and I've been criticizing them ever since. I don't hold the movies in any high esteem either. I've no nostalgic desire to defend this property or its creator at all. But I do think this work of art can be judged by what it is actually doing, not by what the creator of the IP upon which it is based has spewed out on Twitter. Just like I think we can still talk about shooters in a culture where gun violence is out of control, or the next Diablo game at a time when the company that made it is responsible for some truly terrible things. This is all to say that my approach to Hogwarts Legacy, as it has been with everything else problematic in gaming culture, is not to ignore it or pretend it doesn't exist, but to talk about it in context. To acknowledge that there are legitimate reasons that this piece of entertainment might cause bad feelings. The line is going to be different for everyone, and I respect anyone's decision to avoid this game or to not talk about it. I know that Christian has made that choice. But I hope I've laid out a reasonable argument as to why I've decided to play it and talk about it publicly. I sincerely hope that doing so doesn't cause anyone harm or create a situation where future guests are less likely to want to join us. I'll put a timestamp in the show notes this week. If you don't want to hear about it and prefer to just skip to the next topic, you can do that. But I actually think this game, as a game, is really quite well made, and I'm excited to discuss why. So that's my statement. And well I know, said. thank you. And uh, Trixler, I know you've been playing Hogwarts Legacy as well. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I think the game is excellent, like exceptionally well made.
0: Yeah, um, I think that if you have read the books or did watch some movies and you enjoyed the world that existed and you wish that you could experience your own world with your own character and be able to go down, you know, the, the whole flowchart of what you think a magical wizarding world would be like, this game has nailed it. It is out of the park great in terms of an open world game where you just vibe and you go full cozy. Like every single <laughs> moment I've had in this game is wonderful. And the attention to detail that we have from developers the hours of work they put into it has been phenomenal uh, like a slight spoiler if you're walking down a hallway and you see those statues that of course are magical and they're moving they have characters they they have personality there's one that loves to hum and as you walk by it's constantly humming and it's it's friend jabs it because it's tired of hearing the hummy. and you, once you're playing the game through a couple of hours you walk by that hallway a couple of times suddenly That humming and that playful, like, elbows that keeps happening turns into a full-out brawl in the middle (laughs) of a hallway of Hogwarts, and it's awesome, and you're rewarded for existing and living in this world. That is repeated over and over and over. I love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hogwarts as a location
1: Mm -hmm. is so alive. Books are flying off the shelves. All the paintings are moving, and, and there's just so much detail. It's so well thought out. It feels like a place where everything, you know, everything is magical and can do anything, but also everything has a purpose and a place. And it, it's extraordinary how cool Hogwarts is just as a place to walk around in. And there are yeah. puzzles and and little hidden things to find in every little nook and cranny. You know, it's, you can use magic in the place to find things it, like the the creation of Hogwarts as a place. And like I said, I don't even really, there's no love for me in particular for Harry Potter or the Harry Potter verse or Hogwarts as a place. Like I've never gone, oh man, I would love to go to Hogwarts. I just, as a person who loves fantasy and fantasy settings, it's one of the coolest realized fantasy settings I've ever experienced in a video game. There's just so many cool places to find and discover and how stuff is connected to other stuff. And I mean, the game is, I'm playing it on PC. Are you playing it on PC?
0: I played it on PS5. Uh, okay. I decided to grab it there. Yeah,
1: um, um, it, it's gorgeous. I mean, I'm playing it with a beefy GP, and it it supports DLSS 3.0, and it is so pretty and so beautiful. I know some people have complained about some hiccups. There are some uh, slight little loads when you walk from a, into a door, you know, into a new area or something. But it's very minor in my experience. I have a pretty you know beefy computer, but um, I haven't had any problems there. And the game is just gorgeous and you start in hogwarts i mean you know you start with a preamble before you get to hogwarts but you you get Mm -hmm. to hogwarts there's so much hogwarts there and you're going to classes and you're meeting all these cool characters and there's you know you do the sorting hat and you 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 know find out which which um house you're going to be in and there's like so much to do and you're like wow this just being in hogwarts is amazing and and going to classes is fun and i'm like oh man they should make more role-playing games where in order to get skills you have to like Go to a school and learn them. It's like a neat thing in just in a role playing game to have that feature yeah. of like acquiring seals by literally learning how to use them from a teacher. That's cool, uh, rather than I just like I leveled something. up and it clicked on a thing and I now I can do fireballs. You know.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that's becoming more common in games. I think Three House Fire Emblems did mm. that as well. Um, and they're just slowly trying to introduce more into people just living in a world. Because it seems like people want to do that. They're totally cool with just being as immersed as possible. I used to be one of these gamers. In fact, it's kind of a meme on my stream where I hold W. I just run through things, right? <laughs> I run through main quests. Like, I stop and I don't look around. Um, and I've gotten better about it just because I've been working on it for the last couple of years. But this is the first time that I've played an open-world game. Aside from Horizon, I will always put a horizon on a pedestal and stand before the sun and say, this is my religious game that I will <laughs> one day join. But this is one of the first games that I've actually just sat down and just got lost in Uh the first part of the game. You're only actually supposed to be at Hogwarts for like three or four hours. And then you move to like Hogsmeade, etc. And the, the game opens up, you get to the tutorial. But I found out that like, I spent 13 hours in the tutorial section just running around. There's Hogwarts. so much to do. Yeah. yeah and like so you can get lost. Yeah. Yeah, You do it all on your terms. There's people to talk with. There's little quests, like you said, to make them feel good. Like, uh, I was being a a Slytherin. Actually, this is actually a really good example of like, you can be a butthead if you want. Uh, I chose Slytherin because I wanted to play it for my girlfriend. She doesn't really play games and she wants to watch it because she's into Hogwarts. And uh, there was this little girl that lost her gobstones and she was being a bit of a butthead about it. She was like, I beat them up and these gobstones I could throw in their face and it makes them smell bad. And I find that hilarious. And so I went and found the gobstones because they all hid them from her in retaliation. And I picked the Slytherin option of, I'm going to hold on to them, finders, keepers. And then she actually like responded back to me, looked me in the eyes was like, I'm going to learn curses and ruin all of you now. This is your fault that you have made me feel awful. And I felt so bad about that that I am now a uh, Slytherin that is doing good and slowly becoming Hufflepuff because there are things that you can do in this game that can feel bad or feel good, whatever you want to choose, and live out your life of being a wizard in your way.
1: Yeah, and it really, I, as I said, it feels like this sort of emotional life of the characters is... Mm-hmm. invested in in a way most games don't do yeah i I, i'm you know the the teachers are really decent wonderful people that are you know you can have whole conversations with teachers about how you know it's important to them to to like nurture kids and 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 show them the right and they love teaching and and there's so much diversity and different kinds of people from all different walks of life and you can learn about their you know where they come from and it I don't know. I think the the world building is extraordinary, and like you said, like you know, as much as Hogwarts is incredible and feels like this place that I kind of want to be in, then you like leave for the first time. You go to Hogsmeade, and you're like, oh, there's this whole thing, and then you realize, oh my gosh, there's this massive map, and then you get your broom for the first time. You finally get the ability to fly, and I'm like.
0: Oh yeah. my god. This is Have you flown over the trees and turned the corner and saw Hogwarts in the background? Dude, it's amazing. It's breathtaking. It's it, it, yes. I mean it it is
1: truly like honestly, I it it's so unfortunate to me that Agreed. this game is wrapped up in such a you know, vile kind of uh, messaging and and it become this talisman for people yeah. that, you know, have so much, you know, hate and and negativity because i this game should be a ho, th- this is like a game of the year candidate for me it, it is really that much fun the we haven't even talked about the fact that combat is a blast They've, they have uh, like the idea of using a wand in this game is so much fun the animations are really cool yeah. the feeling of everything the way you can can um uh chain different combos together and juggle enemies in the air it's a blast
0: Yeah, when I first started playing, I actually thought it was clunky until I realized what you were saying. It's more of a rhythm that you actually play. You go into combos, you pull someone towards you, Leviosa, you pop them up, you bring in your damage, you're doing color-coded spells in between. You really do feel like you're mastering the magic as you're playing. Yeah, Uh, and it it hits after like four or five hours. I don't know if it was immediate for you, but for me, it took way three hours. Like, I'm not so sure about the comet, but I love the world. And then I started to get into the open world and getting into bigger fights. And I agree, like it evolves incredibly well. The talent system uh, really teaches you how to just own magic, if you will. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm all about that.
1: They do a really cool thing. Like you get invited to the uh, dueling, the sort of underground, you know, Hogwarts dueling club.
0: To to your point earlier, the teachers know about, but they're allowing it to happen because they think it's good for the growth of the students. I love that little detail. Yeah,
1: it's, it's and and there's where I kind of, it really trains you like, oh, hey, you can juggle enemies for a long, long time. You get these achievements. All of the XP in the game, all the leveling in the game is handled through challenges and achievements that you are, you know, the game is saying, hey, try to do this, try to do these things. Juggle an enemy for at least five seconds. Now try to juggle them for at least 10 seconds. So, and those are all, little mini quests, little challenges that are how you level up in the game. I've put about 20 hours into it, uh, a little less than 20 hours into it so far. I can't comment on where the story goes, but I, I, I can say the story quests that I've done have been really well made really cool like there's so many moments of pure wonder where you discover something and you know the world kind of transforms around you in this magical way and everything feels tactile and you know it's not it, everything moves and slides and and they use the iconography and the sort of visual effects of the film franchise for everything so it really does feel like you've stepped into the film franchise in a very significant way and all of the nooks and crannies of the world they, there's stuff to discover stuff to find stuff to uh that that wows you because everything feels alive and and and
0: designed
1: yeah um,
0: like in in terms of money it's worth your money especially if you want like games that have games within a game. Like I don't know about you, but the potion making and the yeah. beast holding that—I've been lost in that for hours. It's kind of like the Gwent for me in this game. Uh, I think the only bummer is there. There is no Quidditch available. The Quidditch season, for story release reasons, is not available this season. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's the DLC or something in the future. But uh, well, I it, think the it, it's reason everything
1: the reason is that J.K. Rowling is uh, terrible at designing a game. Uh, like the Quidditch makes no sense on the face of it. Like, sure. 150 it points. No yeah. <laughs> sense. It's There's no point in playing any part of the game other than fighting the snitch. Like the snitch is OP to a point where it makes the whole rest of the game irrelevant. So it's like, well, we can't put Quidditch into our video game because it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have thoughts about Quidditch. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I think her writing is not great. Anyway, um, the, uh, uh, but th- there is tons of stuff to do there is uh there are those little mini games one of the ones i love is that one that you where you pull the the spheres toward you with magic and you try to let them it's almost like bocce ball wait did you, you actually win that oh dude i've i've won a bunch of it you can get into a whole series of like Bro, a I tournament so
0: many i gave up What's oh the i love that game
1: it's awesome <laughs> okay. um yeah you can play like these cool like physics games with the uh, the other students and they you know they challenge you it's I mean, it really is an open world game, but everything feels justified in a way most aren't. I mean, even down to the point where, you know, you have the thing that is in every video game where it tells you your path to the next objective. Well, it Mm -hmm. makes sense in this world because a little magical fairy thing pops out of your book and flies through the world. It's like, oh, most games, it's just like, well, you can see the path there. "Ah, Don't worry about it. It's a video game. And here, everything is integrated. Everything feels part of this magical landscape um it's it's an extraordinary game and as i said it's such a shame that it has all this baggage on it because i mean i want to be high fiving avalanche i want to be telling them how important key games i want to be you know screaming from the rooftops how awesome this experience is even like me somebody that wouldn't be drawn to a harry potter game because i don't have any affinity for the franchise I'm having a blast because it's a very well made open world third person action game that has tons of cool things to do, a great story, incredible visuals. Like, it, it is also some of the best voice acting I've ever heard in a video game. I love the voice acting. I, it's, it, I mean, it, it makes me cringe even more for Midnight Suns, which is like, come on, you can do better than this. <laughs> uh, it is possible to have great voice acting in video games that feels cinematic, feels, you know, so I don't know, I, I, I'm glad you like it as much as I do. I, I, I've felt so conflicted about Same. singing its praises because I can totally understand people's negativity around it and feeling, you know, feeling conflicted about even wanting to support it in any sense. But man, it's a great, great game.
0: I echo your summits completely, all the way through, man. It's cozy. I think if you're on the fence about it and you just want to look at it as a game only, you should pick it up and give it a chance because it's there. It's worth your money. It's worth the time. Yeah. And uh, it'll it'll invite you to the world, and it will let you know that the world can be magical and beautiful at the same time. And you can be a good person. And honestly, in some moments, it makes you feel like you should yeah. be a good person. You know. I think that's uh, wonderful. I also love.
1: I love. Um... Any game where I'm getting new items that uh, give me cool stats, and they're not, you know, awesome armor or sword. I mean, like ha- getting a rad scarf or a pair it's of spectacles. It's fashion, dude. It's, it's fashion
0: rad. souls, but in Hogwarts, you, you gotta be all about that. You gotta it's look so good cool. if you're gonna be a wizard.
1: <laughs> it's great. All right, well, we will move on now. And uh, I know you have been playing a lot of other stuff, Trixer, so what else is on your playlist?
0: Yeah, this month's been a really, really good month for just games releasing in general, but also for revisiting some old ones. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I'm not sure if you guys talked uh, about it on a recent episode or not, but Mm -hmm. I am gushing over this game, a rhythm game with Kingdom Hearts float combat uh, with an incredible, like, 9, 10-hour story that is just nailing it on the dialogue. Like, some games have a hard time Nailing that humor, it can be a little bit too much. Scary games go a little bit too scary. But this game is just perfect. It felt like it was just like seeing to my personality of uh, this comic book style, a little bit of like um, a more cel-shaded into the universe. If you were kind of like at Spider-Man, kind of get that visual approach. Yeah. Um, and then with just a, a ragtag team trying to take on corporations, right? And if, I'm sure everyone has opinions on capitalism in some way or some form. So be aware of uh, that type of uh, inner line storyline that's happening. But it was just a drop from Microsoft. I picked it up and I just played it all week. The challenges are great. The difficulty is perfect. The music is wonderful. They have nine inch nails on the record while you're running through levels and (laughs) everything is synced up to the beat. I love it. I know you guys guys played it a little bit, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've played it as much as Christian has, but uh, I I feel like someone like you who is, you know, God tier gamer, streamer, uh, somebody who I think plays games at a much higher level than I do just just naturally i feel like this game well, thank re- you <laughs> no i i think that's absolutely true uh i think this game rewards that level of, yeah. of skill like it has a high skill ceiling right even though you're forced to kind of be on the beat there's still a, a high skill ceiling there right
0: that's what i loved about it yeah is you can be perfect if you want to be in rhythm like uh, I, part of the reason that i enjoy rhythm games so much is i was in band in middle school all the way up into high school um and so being on the beat is very rewarding to me i love that feeling but this game also says if you're not on the beat that's okay you just you just can't go for the super high combos or anything you can still play it and enjoy the story and still get your hits in you'll just be a little bit off on parries and whatnot Mm uh which i thought was a kind of a cool addition because sometimes you play rhythm games and like It feels bad to miss stuff. Like you play Guitar hero and it just squonk, squonk, squonk. Oh, that feels awful. This game doesn't do that to you. It just, it lets you go through the attack. You'll just miss out on the combo points and uh, some other things, but those are kind of like for perfectionists. So I love that it kind of includes everybody and shows you how awesome it can be to do the music. I mean, what about you, Christian? Uh, You've played a lot of it, right? Yeah,
2: I'm a big fan of this game. I think, I mean, (laughs) almost any other year, it'd probably be talked about at the end of the year for me. And sure. maybe it still will be. I just kind of see some of the other games. I mean, we just talked about what Nintendo announced just for the first half mm-hmm. of the year and some of the other stuff I I think is coming this year. But it's an incredible game. And I think I say this a lot, um, you know, when I think games kind of hit everything they're going for. And and I mean it and I mean it here. I think this represents a studio operating at its fullest confidence. You know, they were so confident in the product they were making and delivered on the promise of the premise. And I think that's so awesome to see. Because oftentimes we talk about games where it's like, you know, Assassin's Creed one showed a lot of potential and we can't wait to see what the next day. I sure. hope they get to make a sequel because, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is like, no, Hi-Fi Rush is done. You know, complete yes, I'd love to see sequels, but it is a complete game, top to bottom. They knew what they were making, what they set out to make. They delivered on the promise of the premise. Um, and the There's world no is so- yeah the world is so vibrant i would love you know like uh uh pick your streaming service netflix kids cartoon uh of this world like yeah Yeah. it's so vibrant i want i want the peppermint you know origin story fully fleshed out like i think she's such a fun dynamic character um it's just full of fun characters and worlds i also want to like and I have not rolled credits on the game yet because uh, it's only February, but we are firmly in too many games. But I would love to see like, again, in a cartoony way, like when 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 does this mega corporation turn heel? Because it does seem like there were moments where it was like, no, we want to build a better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and then it becomes dystopic, and then it becomes tricking people into <laughs> getting these body modifications for nefarious purposes. But it is such a complete world. And I think for folks who maybe have heard too it was like a stealth drop and then i feel like we all went you know bananas for it um if you have not played it because you're like there's no way it lives up to the hype yes it does it does and, <laughs> it, and it's on it game really pass does. too which is
0: like a heck of a deal right now oh sure yeah, yeah. so like no, you, you gotta give it no a chance. no brainer mm-hmm.
1: uh the uh, christian you kind of blew my mind with this notion of a uh, uh of a saturday morning cartoon in this world just because i started thinking about how it could be infused with music yeah, throughout also wow. like the whole the whole you know half hour episode could be in rhythm what a cool idea for a show i've never seen a show that do, has done that before it could, the whole thing could just be bomb 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 it could be they could take that concept of the game and make it a narrative concept it'd be awesome Play, even but it's
2: an not, awesome action set piece yes, yes. Yeah. even if yeah. not tacitly acknowledged you know like even just the way that it happens in the game where like the vents are like yeah
1: the whole environment is is in rhythm through that this entire like 22 minute story that'd be yeah. rad it's very cool
0: it would rival bluey it could do it oh now now you've gone too far <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> nothing can rival bluey uh, <laughs> So, what else is on your playlist trixler
0: uh I've actually been revisiting some other games. One is a game that um my heart bleeds because no one is playing it. <laughs> Gundam Evolution, which is a 4v4, or I'm sorry, 6v6 arena game in the style of Halo in terms of that like time to kill, you know, you take a couple of shots, you burn people down, you play for space. Uh but with like boosters and it, it's got Gundams in it. So it's one of those games that Kind of released right before Overwatch, so people were looking at it, checking it out, kind of enjoying it. And then Overwatch 2 came out, and it just the player base plummeted. So I've been running viewer games at night, and I would love for anyone that wants to play a fun arena shooter to come join us. You're all invited. Jeff, Christian, please feel free to come in. Your viewers are welcome to play as well. Um, And we kind of just get together, and we play some Gundam characters and have some nice, sweaty, try-hard customs. And it's incredibly fun. It reminds me of the lands that I used back in the day with halo 2 and halo 3 where we'd all bring our xboxes get some pizza and some mountain dew and just game for the <laughs> entire weekend uh and it's kind of got that vibe going for it um it's just not as popular uh as some other games so i've been playing that and please feel free to check it out it is free to play uh the only problem that i have with it is it does have that eastern model of like grinding to get your characters or you know of course loot boxes and paying for your characters which are really expensive so just be aware of that uh and then i've i'm back on that league train man yeah Any League player will tell you or any MOBA player will tell you, I guess, if I want to extend it to the genres, don't play MOBAs. They're going to poison your brain. But (laughs) if you are playing them, this season of League has been pretty fun for me. It's a little bit more tank heavy uh, compared to prior seasons. And they're also trying something new this year where they're running um, the season split. So you'll have your placements and you'll play for a rank for about half the year and then it will reset and we'll play for another half of the year. So it's kind of got me in that grind mode once again. And uh, we've been running customs and... Enjoying the ranked experience for that, so if you ever want to play, hop on.
1: Is is Heroes just completely dead? Is the community just kind of
0: Uh, gone to the wind? I've also been doing the custom games. I've kind of been transitioning a little bit more because, like, while I've been doing more variety in the morning on my stream, I've been loving the single player games. I do know that like people first started watching me for PVP stuff, so I'm kind of tired of competitive gaming in general. I feel like everyone kind of quits nowadays instead Mm -hmm. of like playing a game out. Um, so I've been doing custom games instead and inviting people that have that try hard mentality but want to have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Heroes has actually been on that record. If you guys would love to do Heroes Night, if you want to come in, I would love to have you guys play as well. I miss old 5v5 team fights in Heroes, so we do that once every three weeks usually Oh, cool! is my visit to Heroes. Oh, man, so, I'm, I'm, I'm
1: tempted to do that.
0: I'm, you should. Come play. You pick your favorite character, and I will support you to my best capability. I want people to have <laughs> fun in need. these games because I, I, mean. I miss I'm, that.
1: I'm, I am rusty. I'm out, yeah. I'm out the game.
0: Come
2: play, I want you to, Christian. Please come. I want you well, guys to I have play. A, I have a confession. Uh, yeah, tricks or confession. I think it was last night as we're recording. Maybe two nights ago. I was watching you play some Gundam, um, and one of my kids came over and they're like, "Oh, what are you watching, Dad?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, he's a friend, been on the show before, going to on the show. I'm just checking out what he's playing right now." And like, oh what is that? And I was like, Oh yeah. It's kind of explaining it as they're walking over, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, and you know, I think you're on like a 12 kill streak or something like that. And I'm like, hey, yeah. he's really good at these games too. So you're going to see like, you know, I-, I wouldn't be able to do this, but it's fun to watch. It's like, he's, he's really good. <laughs> the <Thank laughs> daughter you walks don't. over right as you get like flanked and just like taken down. And I think like the, you the cursed gun- me, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> you cursed daughter. me. We talked about like, our the Gundam- superpower
1: already. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> they kind of like, um, um not disintegrate but like a sl- kind of crumble apart a little bit like it zooms yeah. out to third person when you die <laughs> and my daughter just goes eh, you could have done that <laughs> <laughs>
1: she knows you well
0: she knows you <laughs> well and dad
2: I, like, I mean thanks for the burn but you missed the okay yeah good point okay well, <laughs> <laughs> <long> amazing away.
0: <laughs> that is awesome <laughs>
1: so christian you downloaded the new hotness metroid prime remastered uh I have not uh checked it out yet because basically I, I don't have a switch anymore. It's just my son's my son's switch. But uh man, just watching the video of it brought back like almost almost Pavlovian uh response in me. It was such sense memory of of days on the GameCube uh right after college playing uh Metroid Prime. Is it does it hold up? Are you enjoying it?
2: Um, listeners, get it out of your system now for making fun of me. For this being one of my five favorite games of the Ruh-roh. year, if Dead Space can be one of my five favorite games of the year, which I totally think it can be, <laughs> if I'm Metroid if I'm Prime. right
1: about one thing, I can be right about I can justify myself <laughs> if I'm right about <laughs> me
2: making the rules however I want. Hey, yeah, if I can make the you're rules, right, you're right. I can follow my
1: rules. <laughs>
2: That's what you just what said. are the rules? The rules are? There are no rules. Um, <laughs> the only, I guess my biggest weakness is that I have too many strengths. Um, <laughs> it is an absolutely phenomenal game. I've raved about this game, you know, over the years, and I've talked recently about playing it again on my PC, running emulation and the four k texture pack. And I've talked about playing it again on my Steam deck via emulation and the prime hack method that gives you that dual analog control which by the way kids today
1: you do not know how hard we had it back then you know what i'm saying (laughs) playing that game on a gamecube you just go oh obviously it uses twin sticks no 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 we had to push a button to move the camera you understand what i'm saying to you
2: that is annoying ouch yeah i mean honestly so I don't disagree with you, um, but I, I think the game, as Nintendo does, was so smartly designed around that control scheme. Yes. And Metroid Prime Remastered has that control, control scheme in it still if you want to play that way. And it's not a bad way to play. Metroid Prime is not a fast-moving first-person shooter. I, I read a review somewhere, I think maybe it was Polygon, where it was like in Metroid Dread, Samus is a, a hunter, and Metroid Prime, she's a scientist. And it is a slower-paced game where stopping to stand to aim totally works like they designed the game with that control scheme in mind does dual analog sticks make it better yes it does but the original way i don't think is a bad way to play it is it is different i think it'd be harder for people now to to play that but when it came out we have to remember you know halo was just coming out and kind of defining what first person controls would be on consoles you know we were still in that era of like what are these things? What will be the standard going forward? And Nintendo had this wonky GameCube controller with a C stick, you know, for the right analog stick. Um, So I think they built their game for that controller. This game, Metroid Prime Remastered, is one of the finest gaming experiences I think you can have today. It, It holds up extremely well, Jeff, and it defaults to... That twin stick control. So it doesn't even make you go into options to, mm-hmm. to change it to that. That is the default way to play it. And it's so smartly designed with how the original game holds up that you still have the lock on to target approach. And using the right stick, you can free aim and take people down. But again, this isn't a precision shooter. It's not, oh, I need to get this space pirate in the head. It's kind of not out. even a shooter. I mean, it is, I mean,
1: but it's like no, when you could talk about what a modern shooter is, it's not that. Yes,
2: correct. And there's cool stuff where, again, it's built into the system of like, as Samus is a scientist, where you're scanning enemies. And then when you scan an enemy, you reveal its weak spot, and the game will then auto-lock you to that weak spot. Oh, you know, like, cool. That's, that's where the smart lock comes because you, as the character, have discovered that. So why would you? why would your auto-target system you know, point at the tractor beam when you need to get it into the air vent, you know, like it's, it is very smartly designed and how that works. And I think that this presentation, the Nintendo direct presentation actually did this game a disservice and how they presented it. And I get they're calling it remastered versus um, a remake, but it is top to bottom graphically totally redone in a way that it is one of the best looking games on the switch, which you could, I guess caveat like, Oh, it's on the switch. Of course, blah, blah, blah. But the original Metroid prime was so beautifully art designed and directed. And it's not trying to recreate human one-to-one it's not uncharted Four, you know, it's not going for that approach. It's the stylized alien world where like the angular designs and stuff like that, I think still work today. Also, it is a game that like wind waker, from the GameCube holds up in its original form very well. That being said, the remastering of the graphics they did make it vastly superior in just terms of visual fidelity and presentation. But I think a testament to what Metroid Prime is, the, you know, mesh behind everything is one-to-one original. So the gameplay feels exactly as it should. It's kind of like when they did Halo Combat Evolved Remastered, right? And they put this huge coat of paint on it but you could instantly switch from old graphics to new graphics and see like this is still the same game running yeah. underneath and that's what metroid prime remastered is but with great updated controls and a graphics uh overhaul that makes this game even more lush and more rich and and um more rewarding to explore It is not a fast paced game. It is not a game where you're one hour in and you're like, oh, I've seen everything there is to see. Like it is, there is backtracking. There is taking your time. There is spending your time in this world. And I think it is one of the finest examples of of a video game truly ever made. And I used to say that the Prime hack version with 4K textures emulated was the uh, definitive way to experience Metroid Prime. It's no longer the case. The best version of the game is now Nintendo's re-release of it. This remaster is exquisite. The time Karen Love put into it is, is top-notch. The, the updated control schemes, you can also play like the Wii approach, where you have like a waggle stick if you want to like point to aim, which I wouldn't recommend, but it's a novelty that's fun to see them carry over. And you can also play with a little bit of gyro assist. Like the care put into this game is top-notch. And, and I think calling it just kind of an up res port sells short the work that went into the updating of the textures and the art and um, some of the design of these characters it is a phenomenal game if you have not played it I mean it is old 20 year old game if you have not played it I promise you it stands the test of time and and stands up there like any modern game that would come out in in 2023 as an exquisite experience And I think for a lot of folks it will be their first time playing it Oh, I would argue it would be one of their favorite games ever
0: yeah it'll be my first time sold i'm I, buying it thank I can, you christian
2: i can endorse uh, the fact that it's one of
1: the greatest games of all time how's truly... the atmosphere oh it's it's it's, it's really all cool atmosphere. it's all okay. atmosphere yeah really it's yeah. like
0: when i see metroid games that's what i think i think of like if you give yourself a couple minutes to just like sit in the world and breathe you feel enveloped right, right. yeah okay. okay It's not good. like you
1: good. feel a, like a you're quick... discovering a place that exists yeah. Yes. yes yeah
2: yeah and it's so smartly designed where like you'll see a thing and you'll chase it down. Like it does the metroid thing or like the, you know, later Castlevania games where you just like, well, I can do I can here. And you follow this thread and you get there and then it's a dead end. And the yeah. game's not afraid to give you dead ends. And you or open the map and you're like, something huh. that you're like, oh, I, I can't go here yet. Right. You know, that's yeah. one of the I,
1: best feelings in that game is seeing a thing and going, oh, someday I'm going to be able to go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's cool. And but, the way
2: it leads you on without always pointing you in the direction, right? It's not always telling you, go here, go here, go here, go here, go here, go here. It trusts the player to take the time and figure out what they're doing, much as the character would in the world. It's
1: exquisite. The, the reason that I can uh, wholeheartedly say it's one of the best games of all time is that I, even just hearing you talk about it, Christian, I can close my eyes and I am and feel like I'm there in my friend's apartment right after college trying to beat that final boss, beating my head against the wall. That final boss was, at the time, very difficult for me. And I just, I like, I could see the color of the paint on the walls in his apartment. I can see the television. I can feel those feelings immediately. And not every game is like that. Not every game is indelible like that. It just um, it has a footprint in my brain forever. And Metroid Prime is one of them. I and mean, we We played that game so much and loved it.
2: Yeah. It's also widescreen HD, 60 frames per second, um, which the, the old version, you know, GameCube wasn't, I think, 480p, but you had to buy special cables for it. My, my youngest daughter had a Girl Scout meeting the other day, <clears throat> and normally it's like, parents will chit-chat, and, you know, I'm social. <laughs> I dropped her off, and the parents like, oh, what are you guys up to? And I was like, oh, actually, I'm going to sit in the car and do some work for a little bit is what I said, and I sat in my car and – Played Metroid Prime. <laughs> it's so good. One of
1: the kids rats you out. It's like, I saw your daddy playing video games. No, and no, I he said, said that is work. work.
2: <laughs> that is work.
1: Uh, all right. So Christian, this week was also Steam Next Fest. Uh, and you and I, uh, I don't know about you. I played a ridiculous number of demos. There was uh, hundreds of them. I think as with every steam, they used to call them, uh, something else not next fest but now they call it next fest i love it i i honestly every time i sat down on my computer i would just cruise over to steam pull up the thing and see what people were streaming like they had tons of streams going all the time i downloaded i downloaded dozens and dozens of demos and tried them out it's a blast you just it's one of those moments in gaming where you realize how many games there are out there it it, i don't understand how any of these make money you know. so this is
2: what blew my mind, Jeff, is I did the same thing, but I also downloaded them times two because I'd be like desktop Steam Deck, desktop Steam Deck. <laughs> but what blows my mind about this time playing them is that I went to my wish list and almost all of the ones from the last one, except for like one that I wish listed, aren't out yet. You know, yeah. I'm already wish listing new ones. when the. All- <laughs>
1: it's it's bonkers. The, the, the whole indie game scene is so vibrant, so fun, so full of life. I love seeing all these great games. I have no idea how any of them makes money. It, it is cra- when you have like a, you know, a Metroid Prime remastered coming out and it sucks up all the oxygen. Everybody's looking at that. How do, I don't know. I don't know how any of these make money, but we're here to give you some of our favorites. We're going to pick and choose. Like I said, I, I played dozens of them. I'm not going to talk about the dozens. I'm only going to talk about the, the best of the very best to put them on your radar, dear listener. Christian, why don't you start with a, a couple of picks that you, uh, you came away very impressed with?
2: Yeah, I'm going to highlight two that I I really came away impressed with. And then I'm going to mention one other one as a call to our audience to see if I'm maybe missing something. Or maybe, Trixler Jeff, one of you all can tell me if I'm I'm missing something. But the first one is Micah and the Witch's Mountain, which is a – speaking of cozy Trixler, it has Wind Waker vibes. It is gorgeous and beautiful, and it has like Studio Ghibli uh, anime Ghibli. I think it's Ghibli, but I'm not. Ghibli? Don't quote me on it's that. It's funny. Sometimes you say a word out loud, and you're like, "I don't uh, know if I've ever said that word yeah, out yeah. loud before." <laughs> Christian, I have this the game box set.
1: Um, this game also had uh, one of the most adorable streamers that was streaming it. I don't know if you saw her streaming, but she she was fully invested in. Like she would do the anytime dialogue would come up for the game, she would read it in voices, and she'd be like, "Oh, oh! That's great. You know, it was it was very it's, fun to watch her
2: play." This I think she's so one of the developers. So cute looking! Oh my gosh! It's awesome. The anime style, uh, you know, cutscenes or intro is absolutely top notch. And the game itself is this um, delivery platformer. You know, where the demo is very short. Um, but then you see like the trailer for where the game goes and you're this witch, you're training to be this witch. And this, you know, the the head witch pushes you off the top of the mountain and is like, if, you know, come back up here, if you're going to be a real witch. So you have to like upgrade your broom and do this stuff to get there. And you know, the a delivery service guy is like, well, I'll help you. You need to make money. So this delivery person is like, I'll pay you if you deliver packages. And, and you're like, I can deliver packages. No problem. Let's go. And you, you're taking packages around town and you can, uh there's like little mechanics where it's like you got to bring a guy's lunch out on a boat but you can't get it wet And your broom right now is just a little starter broom so you have to like boost at the right time so you're not dragging this you know poor fisher person's uh lunch is, is for fisherman's lunch in the water when you bring it to him um and then they give you something that you need to scoop out of the water to give to their uncle i think and like all these little things and then what really unlocked the game for me in terms of why i think it's art, you know, on my wish list is seeing what the later game can be. It kind of looks like how it builds these mechanics. And as this Island opens up and there is kind of like this, you know, 3d platforming kind of happening as you're navigating the switch around this space, trying to make these deliveries. It looks awesome. It looks like a cozy, friendly, um, you know, family friendly game and beautiful art direction and style. It's, uh, Micah in the Witch's mountain. Absolutely loved it. Um then the other one is Nocturnal. Nocturnal is a 2D um action game and i don't quite again beautifully animated um and really stylized and cool and i don't quite understand exactly what's happening and i think maybe that's the intent of the demo but you're like this knight return or this warrior returning to this kingdom and darkness has taken it over and you you have your sword that you can light up with flame and then you carry that flame to other torches to keep the darkness away from there. And there's combat, but it doesn't – it's not like um, uh, a soul's like salt and sacrifice. It's not that style of, of combat. It's almost combat like an seems,
1: Ori, right?
2: Yeah, where like there is there is combat, but it's not – you're not in this like long, prolonged dance with each, with each yeah. villain. Though I do think your upgrades uh, progress and maybe it becomes more involved as you go on. But it's kind of – puzzle exploration and figuring out how to get around this world but the world is just so beautifully designed that while nothing was uh, a huge challenge in my demo playtime with it i found myself just loving being in the world and trying to understand like what happened what is this darkness like the way the demo was kind of uh doling out story moments uh was really fascinating it's called nocturnal it's a 2D um, side-scrolling action, light puzzle game, is how I describe it. Well worth checking out. The, the fire effects are exquisite.
1: I mean it is yes, really, really cool looking. Uh,
2: just yeah just kind of on
1: fire and you can like push fire through the level. It's really cool.: Yeah.
2: really, really cool looking. And the game that I, I just <laughs> it's a vibe of a bunch of games that I'm playing right now, including Dead Space and Metroid. Um, the system shock remaster or remake yes. wait is that out no just the demo oh the okay. demo <laughs> is out, but it's i think a fairly lengthy demo i couldn't get into it and i don't really? know if the combat just felt off because maybe it is just a rewrap of the old combat so this is my question to you all in the audience like is system shock still good or is it <laughs> well, was good
1: <laughs> well system shock makes metroid prime look new
0: well you know, I remember you know I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I remember the I, sequel I being more of a big deal than the first one, right? Because System Shock 2 is the kind of one that went, blew it out of the water. Like everyone yeah. had to have it. So maybe Well
1: but, you maybe know Bioshock I, is the spiritual successor to that as well. To so. All of them. Right? Uh, yeah. and it, yeah, yeah. This
2: remake is is a beautiful coat of paint. I really like what they did of like there's like low res pixel style graphics on top of high res polys. So it really gives this a look of like a, a retro game but modernized but also kind of like you know when they redid um oh gosh jeff what was the alien movie that was the prometheus mm-hmm. and like a lot of stuff in prometheus looked too new in a way mm, yeah. i think or kind of like the star wars prequels it was like wait naboo had those fighters and then what happened <laughs> where did yeah, right. they go and i feel like system shock this remake avoids that it still looks like dirty and old and, and and really cool with how it presents things of like a modern version of an old game but the combat i was playing with controller it. probably sin one but the, the the combat i just it didn't feel well, the whole great. point
1: of those games are is that combat's only one way to get through things right you can it's just like it's it, the whole point is options of how to handle literally any obstacle right
2: I mean, I, I think so, but there are definitely rooms I walked into that had zombies. Right, <laughs> like, right. right. I was like, well, <laughs> There's only one way to deal with <laughs> zombies. <laughs>
0: Jeff.
2: Yeah. But one thing I know about zombies is you shoot them in the head. Well, I only had a pipe, so I piped them in the head. Oh, but I mean, it's an early head. demo, but it didn't. I was so excited to finally play it because it's the developer has done a great job of bringing back these dead DOS games, and this yeah. was like this big remake that they've been working on for seemingly it seemed like a decade. It, it seemed like I've been tracking it. And it was one of those games where, uh, kind of like Forspoken for me, where the demo made me less excited.
1: Isn't Warren Spector actually involved in this remake too? I think he well, is. I don't know,
2: maybe. Again, I, I, it could just be not for me, which I very much accept. Well, I have
1: a whole bunch of uh, Steam Next demos that I could recommend. I will do, I will do my, my best of the best. I'll start with the best Steam Next Fest demo I played, which was a complete shock to me. Because I would never have guessed I would love this game so much. It's a game called Tape to Tape, which is a roguelike. And by the way, everything's a roguelike now. Everything's a roguelike. Uh, literally, if <laughs> Steam Next Fest, uh, uh, literally, I would say eight out of every 10 demos I downloaded was a roguelike. And I, hey, I love roguelikes. So I'm. Next I, week's podcast roguelike. Roguelike. You gotta get so through it. You gotta get through it. If you, you, get it. If you don't, don't worry. If you yeah. don't, you can spend some currency and level up. <laughs> Um, but Tape to Tape is a roguelike hockey game. Wait, I'm looking at this. What? Ice hockey like an old school like Sega Genesis NHL 2D hockey game roguelike. So you're doing roguelikey stuff where you, you know, you go from you're on your little flowchart, you're going from node to node making decisions on which branching pathway to take. You're going to go into a a battle or you're going to go to a level up place where you can spend currency and buy things. You can level up your characters, your teammates. You can give them new skills, new abilities. And then you get to combat. And what's combat? It's a game of ice hockey. (laughs) It is play ice hockey against the bad guys. There's boss battles where the boss is a really good uh, ice hockey team. In the demo, the boss is a team called the referees and they're dressed like the refs. Uh, they literally have, you know, zebra shirts and uh, you can't tell the difference between an actual ref in the game and them. It's brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. And That's it's amazing. old school. Like, I haven't played an EA NHL, like full-on sim, you know, 3D NHL game in years. I, I just I've, I haven't had the interest. But I do have a fondness in my heart for those old school games, those old NHL games on Sega Genesis. This is much more that. This is like Arcade no no relation to real world <laughs> flow of a ice hockey game other than you're doing the same things you're passing the puck you're trying to shoot the puck but also you're obliterating people it can, the, the scores can get wild it's you know it's it's arcade style and it is so much fun i love the look of it the 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 sort of cartoonish 2d art style i am very drawn to This game is great. I just love the idea of layering on a roguelite system onto sports games. It's what I was hoping soccer story was going to be, which it's not at all. Um,
0: but it I, feels really I, clever to like make it into a roguelite because yes. those kind of those kind of games are simple. Like you, especially the older ones, you find these like strategies, and you're like, okay, then you just repeat those strategies over and over. But a roguelite breathes a lot of fresh air into yeah. a hockey match. And right? you,
1: you can level up your individual players and and constitute your team in certain ways, and then you get these cool power ups that you can do, and you know completely break the rules of the of the world. Like I got a point where like my guys were <laughs> could could body check at, at a really high rate. So literally, like there was just dazed bodies strewn across the ice and i would just like skate through all these people laying on the ground going uh because all my all my other players were just knocking the crap out of the opponents.
0: It, is it, there multiplayer? Can we have a Jeff versus Christian and then I'll commentate it? I, I'm down. I this sounds great.
1: I don't think there's multiplayer in the demo, but maybe the final DLC. Game, I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be DLC. Got to be. Uh, anyway, so tape to tape was the most fun I had. Complete surprise. I just downloaded it on Lark because I liked the look of it, and I was like, "This is great." So I'm excited about that. Uh, Planet of Lana, which I will always pronounce that way because of our friend Lana Bashinsky. Absolutely gorgeous side scrolling. I mean, very much a limbo or an inside uh, <gasps> spiritual successor, except instead of sort of the dark brooding look of an imbo a limbo or an inside it's bright and colorful and vibrant and lush, uh, but it is left to right. You are a, um, a little kid who has a, uh, a, this creature that's sort of like half cat, half rat looking alien creature And um, it follows you. You can tell it, give it commands and do things. And it can interact with the environment in ways that you can't. And you can interact with the environment in ways it can't. And by sharing those different kinds of abilities, you can overcome obstacles. But the whole trick is getting to a place and also bringing your pet to the same place. So it can get there in one way. You can get there in another way. And so the puzzles are all, how do you both arrive past the obstacle at the same time? Uh, and uh it's clever it's beautiful it supports super ultra wide and it is just stunning on my monitor uh just gorgeous kind of i think it's faux pixel art it does not actual pixel i think it's actually kind of not doing pixel art but it looks like that and it's just planet of lana highly 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 recommend it
0: um i love this podcast because every time that i come to your guys' show I get games that I can just play in the next couple of months. I have nocturnal written down planet at Atlanta right now oh, and Metroid prime. That's uh, great. I'll do two more quick ones. Uh, just,
1: I'll just mention uh fabledom, which is a beautifully, it just, a, an adorable, it's cozy. I love that. I'm going to start using that. Uh, I like that term Trixler. uh it, it's, it's a, uh, you know, a city sim building game, but cozy. It's gorgeous. Cool. Uh, adorable, fable-style, uh, but SimCity builder kind of deal. I highly recommend that. Uh, card Crawl Adventure, which I'm told, uh, my friend told me it is a sequel. I didn't even, I've never heard of Card Crawl before, but Card Crawl Adventure, I, hard to even describe. It's a car, It's a roguelite card game where you lay cards in a three-by-three three grid and then draw paths through those cards and every time you hit a card it does certain things and so you have the way you move through the the pathway the way you draw a line from card to card over that grid triggers the cards in in an order and so it's about figuring out the best order through that pathway kind of hard to explain on only audio but very very cool game card crawl adventure and then the last one i want to mention is a game called boxes which if any of the developers or boxes are listening, you need to make this game in VR. Boxes is basically a puzzle game where you're trying to unlock a puzzle box. And if anybody watched uh uh Glass Onion a Knives Out Adventure, the very beginning of that movie.
0: Oh, it's like that.
1: <laughs> they get these boxes in the mail. Each of the main characters gets a box in the mail, and it's like this crazy box where you know you unlock one door on the side of the box, and it'll give you a key to another part of the box, and that's this game. This game that's is fun. just a giant puzzle box where you figure out one little side thing which, un- which slides open a door that has a-, a piece in it that you can take out, and slide into another part. So it's very tactile. It's, it's all three-dimensional. It's very chunky and like pieces and moving and clockwork tech, like clicking and sliding and rotating. Oh, so pleasurable. I want it in VR because it just it yearns to be, you know, having your hands manipulate it and touch it and, you know, move a lever and slide a door and open a compartment and all that stuff. Really cool little puzzle game, Boxes. So uh, that's some of the best stuff I played at Next Fest. But man, what a great, I love that Steam does that. And there's so much clever, cool stuff going on in the indie game community. But that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up. But Tim, Trixler, Frazier, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's always fun to have you on. We need to do it more often. Uh, thank you anytime
0: you guys need me, I, I am here for you guys. I'm here to support anything that you guys do. I love being here. I love that you guys play different games. I love that you cover different stuff. Like some people kind of go on one tunnel vision. I just love that Christian laid out lawyer stuff in front of us and now I'm invested. <laughs> and then, of course, I love you guys excitement for games. So please, anytime you guys need me, throw me an invite. I'll be here. Well, 100%. thank you. In the meantime,
1: tell folks where so they can check out your streams, all the stuff that you do online.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, I run a variety stream six days a week. I also run YouTube and whatnot, just kind of <laughs> trying to be everywhere on all the social media platforms, if you will. Uh, but you can follow me at uh, Twitch.tv slash Trixler. And um, I, I mean that. If anybody from this community wants to come play in our custom viewer games, they are a little bit more competitive-focused. Um, but I do want to have fun, and if you let us know what level you're at in the game, we will make sure to take care of you. Come on by. Come play some video games, and I hope Jeff and Christian come some by. I would love to do Heroes with you guys. Oh, that would man. be sick. I, I, I'm going to make that
1: happen. That's going to be – Let's that, do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Again, that's T-R-I-K-S-L-Y-R if you're looking for truth. Yes, sir. Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this week?
2: Well, I will mention again that I have uh, additional copies of my graphic novel, Consequences, that was illustrated by Eduardo Mello, Colors by Lauren Affey, Um, letters by Taylor Esposito and the logo designed by Corey Schmitz and the cover art by, um, world of Lana, uh, by our friend, Lana Bischinski. It's incredible. They're available for folks right now. As I, as long as I have stock on hand at christianspicer.com, you go over there to store and you can find them and order and I'll sign it and get it, uh, right out to you. Um, I'm also putting the finishing touches on my next newsletter, um, we, which you can subscribe to at tinyletter.com/slash Christian Spicer. Um, I tried doing like a, a very image-heavy version, one and the newsletter software I use, Tiny Letter, was like, hey, this is too many images. <laughs> so I'm scaling <laughs> it Tiny back Letter, not. Yeah, yeah bustling with images letter come on buddy. it's called tiny letter not a scrapbook bro <laughs> um so uh the content will be the same but that's why that is a little later going out than usual and if you are uh consuming last of us stuff you can get a bonus episode of the official the last of us podcast uh where neil Druckmann and i talked before the hbo show had started um that's some fun insight and then at the end of the season uh, Neil and I have another conversation um, where we can talk more specifically about things that happen. And then week to week, David Chen and I are doing our from a television only viewer perspective recap of each episode as they drop over at Decoding TV. And you can find that podcast um, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, it's Decoding TV. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Jeff, what Christian, about
1: uh, This week's episode of The Last of Us uh, destroyed me. It destroyed me. That was a that was an oh, intense I episode. Watch it. Incredible! God, it's been such a good they show. Put it out a little early because of the Super Bowl, I think. So mm-hmm.
2: I, yeah, HBO has always done with their Sunday shows. They're like, we we know what's happening.
1: <laughs> so, oh, dude, that was an intense one. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. We love hearing you hearing from you here. dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, also, I have other shows, including the Film Cast, talking about movies and TV shows. You can find that. Uh, online, anywhere you get podcasts, the film cast, we're also doing, um, we're doing YouTube shorts and TikTokers, TikTok's. talks. I don't What do they call them? What are the
0: kids? Tiki, tiki, I like the ticky talks. Tiki, I going to catch on. Yeah. Uh, and so you can find it there.
1: Um, I do a sports show called the fan controlled show. You can find that at fan controlled sports and entertainment, uh, fan controlled sports is the name of the YouTube channel. The, uh, there's a, a Twitch channel as well. And you can find that as a podcast. And I do We Have Concerns, which is a comedy science show. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts.
0: Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift.
1: Trixler, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week?
0: Yeah, in the past, I used to like do TV shows or like a book or something. But as I continue to get older, and I don't know if you guys relate to this, but (laughs) I have felt my uh, body and maybe even like mood swings falling off a little bit as uh, I continue to move towards my 40s, if you will. Uh, So I recommend just going to the gym 30 minutes, three times a week, or even going for a walk. Get something active in your system because one, it feels good for your mood. I am a big believer that your physical really hits your mental as well. Just get out there and do something and, you know, encourage yourself to just get outside a little bit. That's that's my parting gift, something easy, something free, something that you could do for yourself.
1: And it's – and it, it doesn't – as you mentioned, it doesn't take a lot. It's not like you have to be there end. for four hours, you
0: know, just – The hardest part is saying, I'm getting up and doing it. Just push through that.
1: Great. I love that parting gift. Great, great one. Uh, Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift?
2: I'm a big fan of that parting gift as well. I love seeing uh, – geeks and sneaks on peloton that are writing when i am oh, riding there there as go. well yeah, yeah it's fun to see people from that uh hashtag uh joining in and doing that and i agree with trickster but like oftentimes my kids or my my wife was like oh how was your workout and i'll reply sincerely every single time great because i didn't yeah. and Agreed. that's truly you know the hardest part is putting the sneakers on after that, everything is is gravy. I find um, it before my pretty, I even put the sneakers okay. on.
1: The hardest part is getting out
2: of bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like this is so comfy. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, my parting gift this week is Paramore's new album. This is why I love I love Paramore. Jeff knows how much I love Paramore. I mean, there were days they great. Where I, there were low days where I would just have a hood on and just watch Paramore. Uh, <laughs> Music videos, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff got to witness I relate those, to that so much. <laughs> some of those days. Um, this Is Why is, is great. It is a return to a little more angst for the band after their last album, After Laughter, which is a little more pop-infused. Um, and they talked about how they wanted this to be angsty, but not as if they were putting the car in reverse and, you know, go and remaking albums that they made 10, 15 years ago. And there seems like there's a lot of, um, you know, kind of heavier beats that um, that kind of go through the tracks. My favorite, um, uh, oh gosh, hold on, I had it and I'm not looking at it right now. Sacum saw it's the fourth album on a uh, fourth song on the album. Sorry, is phenomenal. It's all good, but that's probably my favorite right now. And it has kind of like old school block party silent alarm vibes of like a heavier kind of beat underneath the tracks. It's fantastic. Paramore. This is why – and if you're in the U.S., a lot of their tour dates, uh, they are going to be touring with uh, a a local band here where I live and also another favorite of mine, the Linda Lindas.
3: Yeah. So if you're looking to go to a live show, you
2: can catch potentially both of – a couple of my favorite bands playing together.
1: My parting gift is a show on Netflix called Kunk on Earth, C-U-N-K, Kunk on Earth. This is a uh, mockumentary uh, with the character Philomena Kunk who has been around for a long, long time. There's been kunk on Britain, kunk on Shakespeare, kunk on 2019. Uh, This is the latest, and I think the most high profile, because it's now on Netflix. These were uh, British uh, comedy shows that I don't think uh, many people in the States had exposure to, and now it's front and center on Netflix. Kunk on Earth, I think, had a bigger budget than they've ever had before to make it. It's so funny. Very dry, a uh, very d- never never winking at the audience that there's a joke, but it's just basically I describe a uh, Philomena Conk as what if um Garth Marenghi and Dolly G had a baby? You know, she is she is that kind of ridiculous. It's the same thing with Dolly G, where uh you know she interviews famous or not famous, not even famous, but just experts. She interviews experts on a topic. And does ridiculous, interview asks them ridiculous questions, and they aren't in on the joke. They don't know that they're being kind of punked. It's not really being punked. She is always the butt of the joke. It's not mean-spirited. It's always just how dumb she is, right? She is the idiot uh, asking the idiot question and watching the experts squirm as they're like, why is this person asking me this question? Um, it's it's that's very that's so funny. so fun to watch. <laughs> oh, it's so funny, and it's so dry. And, you know, she's, she's presenting herself as, as a complete expert in her field and is of course, you know, a moron, um, but just brilliantly, brilliantly pro portray, uh, portrayed, I highly recommend kunk on earth. We got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at DLC feedback at gmail.com. It comes actually, that's not true. Well, it was, but also it comes from uh, the DLC discord from alithist on the DLC discord uh, who wrote, I recommend Summoning Salt on YouTube. He makes 30 to 60 minute documentaries on the history of speed running world records and has an incredible talent for storytelling. I've never been able to get into watching speed runs, no matter how many times I've tried to tune into awesome games done quick. But if Summoning Salt spends a half an hour discussing the world record of a single track from Mario Kart 64, I'm captivated for every minute of it. For anyone who to give this channel a try, I suggest the video on speedrunning Super Mario Brothers called The Human Limit as an entry point.
0: There's so many games here. There's Pokemon, Sonic 2, Zelda, Portal, Mario Kart 4, Super Metroid. It goes on. Yeah, I I, I
1: checked out the one that Ali Thist recommended, The Human Limit. Uh, It's about, I think, 45 minutes, 50 minutes maybe. Um, I was completely captivated throughout it. It's remarkable. The... You know, it's all of the most interesting stuff from my perspective about speed running in that mm-hmm. it talks about how these the, these breakthroughs happen. These people, they were it hit a wall of how f- far you could go. And then, oh, they realized there there's this glitch and how they found the glitch and then how hard it was to recreate the glitch. And it is it's so interesting to me that that world and how much effort and energy and time people put into uh, setting and breaking those records. So, yeah, summoning salt. Great. Great YouTube channel as far as uh, describing all that and and making it clear and easy to digest. Really cool parting gift. Thank you, Ali Thist. If you'd like to have your parting gift on the show, send it to us, dlcfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. We appreciate it. We also appreciate you listening. Uh, This is gonna do it for this episode of DLC. I want to thank our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those fun bumpers. I want to thank our theme song composers, White Cube, which is Jason Sherry, and T. Ryan Arnold. Uh, if you want to get swag for the show, any, any kind of t-shirt, mug, hat, we have them. We got, we got a pretty rad logo. Uh, you can put that on your body, on your person, or on something you consume food out of by going to dlcswag.com which is created by Jesse J. Anderson. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I also want to thank Trixler and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me and uh, making it possible the whole way is our patrons at patreon.com slash Pod. Thank you all for supporting us. Our top tier patrons, the hype train patrons, they get their names read out at the end of every episode, which I'm going to do right now. That's right. It's time now to thank our hype train patrons. I'm talking patrons like. Tyler Buckwild Broad. Rob Wonder Rob Dominguez. Stephen T. Seifert. Kevin Aday. Brian Yordan. Joe DeFrank. Scott Lambert. Hyperboy66. David Epp. Sure You Can. Comedian Aaron Trahan. John Sisko. Curtis from Louisville. Relentless Rex. Michael S. Matt Valdez. Andy Joyce. Kyle Starr. Anthony Goulas. Dan Flanagan. Riley Knox. Rob Rickman. Sasan. Adam Denby, Hank Patton, Cheesy Bob, Victor Alanzuela, Scooby Diesel, Jonathan Talbert, Chris Zacharias, Matt Bradley, Jeff Luxack, Mitchell Ness, Will, with 1L Harris, Jonathan Putney, Jimmy Radcliffe, Mark Gowland, Malcolm King, Dan Palmino, Ben. Jenny, Nate, Stu Goss, Kevin Brazzle, Jonathan Spiceman Forever Schlepper, Zachary White, Yick, Albert of the Stuff and Junk Show Podcast, Soren Silk, The Spiceman Silencer, Travis Jackson, Mike Lombardo, Michael Buck, Michael Stadler, Nick Strauss Klein, Peter Olberg, Jad, Josh Peek, Christian Bravery, Octavian Ratziu, Taylor Wiggert, and Jason Novak. Thanks to all our Hype Train patrons. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.